The Shed Wireless with John Paul Young, a podcast for shedders, produced by the Australian Men's Shed Association and hosted by John Paul Young. Yeah, there's something for you at the Men's Shed. Well, hello there and welcome back to The Shed Wireless. This is a special episode on the continuing success of The Men's Shed. Recently, myself, Executive Officer of AMSA, David Helmers, Chairman Paul Sladden and our producer of The Shed Wireless, my son Danny, went on a tour de shed. Providing the backbone of the tour was Marty Least and our spokesman for Men's Health, Stuart Torrance. Before we get on the road, we'll start at the end with AMSA patron and shed historian, Professor Barry Golding. Just to give you a bit of context on the history of men's sheds, which of course is why we're on the Tour de Shed, to celebrate 30 years of shedding. Take it away, Barry. I'm Barry Golding. Today we're in Goolwa in South Australia on the bottom end of the Murray. Uh, and we're celebrating, as you know, 30 years of sheds. Um, I was lucky enough to research the history of men's sheds, and I was told by a few people, don't go trying to find the first shed, there'll be a shed fight. Um, And I thought, no, I I still want to dig until I get to the bottom, because I knew that they didn't start from nothing and I knew there must be somebody and there must be something like a first shed somewhere. So I kept digging and digging and digging and I ended up here in Goolwa and um, what I discovered is that in February of 1993 there was a organisation out the back of the, uh, the then Goolwa Heritage Club which was started as a little organisation called The Shed. And I, uh, I was perplexed because I couldn't see there was no men's shed in Goolwa, and I thought, what's that all about? And to cut a long story short, I finally tracked down the woman who started it. Her name was Maxine Kitto, now Maxine Chasling, who lives in Brisbane. And it turned out she was doing programs at the aged care centre here in Goolwa, and she noticed that. The, there were very few men come to her programs. She was doing programs for, for women. And she thought, what do I have to do to get men in my programs? Because she noticed that after she did the women's programs, the women would get picked up by men in the car and driven home. She noticed the men would sit in the cars without talking to each other in the car park outside the Heritage Centre. They didn't they didn't talk to each other, and her observation was the men in the cars were less healthier than women in my programs. And she figured that if she was going to have a men's health sort of program, she needed to find another way of reaching the men in Goolwa. So she approached a guy called Raz Stokes. He was a carpenter here in Goolwa, and she said to Raz, what do we have to do to get men in the program? One of the things he said was, you don't have a program. If you have a program, men won't come. You need to create a space where men feel at home and where they can do stuff rather than just talking to them or talking to each other. And so there was a shed out the back of the Heritage Centre, which is still here, and um, we'll go down and have a look at it later today, some of us. And it's a little shed, 
it's out the back and it's called The Shed. That was it. It's called The Shed. And the blokes went there and met and did stuff for a couple of months and then went, they went back to Maxine and they said, what do we do now? You know, we're enjoying it, but what do we do now? And she said to them, your blokes, this is your shed, you work it out. But when you work out what you want, you tell me and I'll help you. My job is to help you. you, you your job is to run the shed. She was a very bright lady in the sense that she realised what she was doing was empowering the men. And if she intervened, they would become dependent on her. They needed to manage the shed themselves. And I think that was one of the aha moments for her and also one of the key things about men's sheds. Men's sheds are not run by a top-down organisation. They're run at a local level by the men themselves. The men have say, the men have control. You can have a national organisation like AMSA. You can have a state organisation like Western Australia or New South Wales or Victoria. But you need to have a group of men that self-manage. They take responsibility. They exercise what sociologists call agency. That means they become agents in their own transformation. They do their own shit, to put it uh, colloquially. And so that's what sheds are about, men doing stuff together, shoulder to shoulder. It doesn't matter what it is. And so that's how the first shed started. There was a few um, other people in South, here in South Australia that came to Goolwa, looked at the shed and said, hey, why don't we try that? And they did. There was one started at Hackham, just out of Adelaide. There was another one that started at Malang. There was a, a few sprung up on the York Peninsula, run by uh, uh, Men's Health Service. Uh, but they didn't get traction in the sense that one would open, one would close, they'd run for a few years, they'd stop. It didn't become a movement. There was just start popping up here and then they were dying. But it didn't 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 really achieve movement status. The men's shed movement started when after the first men's sheds opened in nineteen ninety eight, five years later. First one we visited the other day in Tongala in Victoria, opened as the Dick McGowan Men's Shed and it put men in the title. So if you think about it, all sheds have got three things. Uh, like, for example, there's one here in Yankalilla. It's called the Yankalilla Men's Shed. Yankalilla says where it is. Men says it's basically for men and shed says it's a shed. But it doesn't say what happens. If you called it a men Yankalilla men's health shed, men wouldn't come. If you call it a men's Yankalilla wood turning club, the only people who'd come are people who are interested in wood turning. But if you call it Yankalilla men's shed, it doesn't prescribe the activity. And that's one of the reasons why it works. So this week, as you've heard from the other broadcast, probably through John Paul Young, uh, we started uh, others started in Canberra. I picked the tour up in Tongala and they've come all the way through Vic northern Victoria. Last night they were on Murray Bridge. Today we're in Goolwa and we're celebrating 30 years of sheds. So now you should get it. Uh, that's the history. I think it's important to acknowledge history. But it's also important to acknowledge that people are doing some interesting uh, things in new ways, for example, here in um, here in uh, Goolwa, 
there's no men's shed, but just across uh, the island, which is just over the other side of the Murray River, is a place called The Shed. They've created a new place called The Shed, just a kilometre from where we're standing here in Goolwa, and it's on Hindmarsh Island. And on the thing it says, The Shed for the Community, started in 2021 with a strong community support. With equipment, expertise and management of volunteers for an incorporated body, we're a member of the Australian Men's Sheds Association and registered a charity. The Shed is a fully functioning workshop, membership based and open to everyone over 18. The difference is that they've called it a community shed. That's okay. But in a sense, it's like it's almost going back to roots. One kilometre from where the first shed started, another one pops up 30 years later. Uh, and it's still the same idea, self-managed stuff, blokes, community, doing it themselves, shoulder to shoulder. It's that simple uh, and it's quite stunning. It's fantastic that we've, so many people have come here to celebrate the day and thanks to the Australian Men's Sheds Association, particularly to Emma Bridnam, uh, Marty Least, um, who've done the anchor work uh, and I think it's been a great, great week. Um, congratulations to all concerned and hopefully the shed, uh, two of the sheds will become part of shed history and people will remember in a hundred years time that um, this is where we celebrated the birth of sheds in Goa in South Australia. We acknowledge the Naranjeri people, the traditional custodians of the land on which the shed at Goolwa Heritage Club was founded. We pay our respects to their elders past and present. You're listening to The Shed Wireless with John Paul Young. It's a podcast for shedders, so shed all your cares and woes and listen in. Now, let me take you on the road for our Tour de Shed. Our journey started in the Hunter Valley of New South Wales, then down to our nation's capital, Canberra, where we fed the hungry pollies a meat-laced glimpse of shed life. One of our many strong supporters, Robbie Mitchell, the federal member for McEwen, gave us a good idea of the bipartisan nature of the men's shed and all it stands for. I know you're very closely connected to the Men's Shed movement. Can you just explain your uh, involvement, Paul? Yeah, John, look, the Men's Shed movement is something I've been very passionate about. I met Paul Sladden many years ago. He showed me a concept. It worked, and I went, this is great. Mm -hmm. And it's great for people to get out, get involved, work in the community, do some really good stuff, whether it's in mental health or physical health or just getting out and having those conversations. And you get some great ideas you yeah. know, when you talk to people. And I often talk about my own father's situation. He retired early. He sat at home. He watched his John Wayne movie. He sat his cup of tea and wouldn't go out. And I think that was watching him just, you know, literally disintegrate because mm. he didn't have that involvement. Whereas you get down to a men's shed, you don't have to be a builder. You don't have to be a welder. You know, I remember we did one on uh, uh, prostate awareness. Mm -hmm. Walked in with a bag, a big bag of sausages for the boys, and I've got a very short, sharp. You don't go near that barbecue; that's mine. 
There's one of the fellas here. That's his job. He cooks. Sunbury Men's Shed. There's a hairdresser down there. You've never seen a queue so long. Uh, but what it's about is all these people coming together yeah. and just doing wonderful things for men's health and giving people more happier, fulfilling lives. It really is. You know, and, and I'm always amazed uh, when, I, when I talk to the different sheds around the country. And, uh, and there's so many different things that they get involved in you know i mean i love the fact you just mentioned that some guy cuts hair you know there's that's just wonderful and that's the thing for all men of all ages to get out there and get involved yeah and we've seen that some of our men's sheds where they'll bring um some of the ladies in and teach them some basic skills as well that that can help because particularly older generations we're very defined in our roles Mm -hmm. and if one you lose one partner it creates a lot of headache we've got you know a very close friend of mine said if his mother something happened to his mother his dad's in trouble because he's never done a banking in his life yeah you know these sort of simple things but you can get together have that work and have some fun and with me and my cars it's always good to go and have a chat to people and pick up a few ideas your cars tell me about that i've got a i'm a petrol head at heart uh-huh. first second and foremost <laughs> okay so I've got a, a collection of cars that I've been building up over the years and working on, and uh-huh. it's that little safe space, you know, where yeah. you go away, you switch off, go and do your business, and you know I've got old hot rods and American classic cars, and wow. things just, you know, they're a bit of fun and a bit of passion, and I've got to just do a quick shout-out to the Romsey Men's Shed, who are currently rebuilding an old Model T Ford. Wow. So these guys are learning all these skills from way back when, mm. but they're having all the fun of putting it together, sourcing well, I mean, the parts. there'd be a fair bit of timber involved in the Oh, absolutely. Tea, isn't yeah, there? yeah, the wheels, everything. And watching them redo that, it's just it's just fascinating. And the skills that people bring that they've had for decades, yes. that we're losing that. And so having these yeah. guys teach other people those skills, yep. it's just it keeps those traditions going and it keeps men healthy and happy. Yep. You know, it's just there, there is no negative. To no, and, and they, they really are willing to, to pass on their skills, which, which I love. And, and uh, uh, with, I mean, not not every men's shed, but quite a few of them uh, uh, have got younger people. Yeah, absolutely. Involved, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and that's just great to see. Absolutely, and particularly in the changes we've had over the last few years with employment and these sort of things, mm-hmm. there are more and more younger people going, getting involved, learning skills but also just building up that camaraderie. I did one a while ago where they had a primary school in and they taught the kids how to make little pencil cases. Uh-huh. And watching them teach the kids how to use a hammer and nails, I see a few of the old fellows were a little bit frustrated, but they got <laughs> to the end. But the bit that was the that I thought was the, the, the best part of it was those little primary school kids got to meet these old fellows working in the shed. Yep. And when they walk down the street, it's, hello, Mr. Collins. Nah. And you've just built that little bit of strength in your community. Yes. And it gives gives the old fellas a little bit more, you know, yep. to, to do. They just get excited. They've got the kids coming in, teach them a few things. You know, just it's just all positive. It's absolutely priceless. Thanks very much, Robbie. That's it's a a heartwarming stories. Good on Thanks, you. Thanks, mate. Thank Appreciate you. it, John. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. There were, of course, shedders from the Canberra area doing the cooking and showing off their great shed handiwork. I spoke to Eric Dethridge from the Girilang Colleen Shed. How's it doing, Eric? Oh, very well. Day like today, you'd have to be well. Beautiful day in Canberra. Well, that's great. Good yeah. to hear. Now, tell me about your shed. Oh, our shed's, what, uh, 11, 12 years old, 12 years old now, mm-hmm. um, boasting about 46 members, uh, regular attendance on a daily basis, on a Tuesday, around 25, 25 to 30. 
uh, actively engaged in the community, part of the Bunnings network of hubs in the in the place uh, doing community work, and but mainly just where the fellas can meet and have a good yarn. That's good. Who's uh, who's the biggest pain in the shed? No, don't name him. (laughs) 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 You mean I've got to pick one? (laughs) That's the kind of answer I need, Eric. Absolutely. (laughs) So uh, is it mainly woodworking? We've got a woodworking workshop. Yep. Uh, We've just laid claim to a... um, uh, welding table. Somebody oh, okay. donated it, and one of our fellows, an ex ex TAFE teacher, is prepared to teach a few of us how to do, how to do some welding. But mainly, mainly woodwork. Mainly oh, woodwork. Fantastic. Now you said you do community work. What sort of community work is that? So we made um, for the through the last one. We did um, a sound wall. Mm-hmm. And a sensory wall built on pallets for one of the kids. Now, what's a sound wall? Just explain sound that. Sound wall. Uh, well, it's a bit like saying that um, you know a lion. Lion is a cat, so all cats are lions. So, uh, mu- music is noise. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pots and pans and and bells and cymbals. Oh, okay. And, yep. and the, for the kids with special needs. Yes. So they can come out and bang like mad and crazy and go. I think I need one of those at home. <laughs> They're good. <laughs> yeah. And the sensory wall, of course, is different feelings. You know, feel a brick, it's rough. Feel a bit of artificial grass, yep. it's got a different feel. A bit of carpet or whole manner of things. Mm-hmm. Smooth tiles, rough tile. Yeah. Touch and feel. Fantastic. Yeah, so Do you get any younger people at all coming coming the, by? To the shed? Yeah. Uh, most of us are old farts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's that's quite common, but yeah, with those well, shedders. Yeah, well, hey, it's only a number, isn't it? Well, absolutely, yeah, it is. And, and, and it's between your between your ears. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. You think I, you're old, you're gonna be old. Well, that's true. I think uh, we all we all uh, have that that strange problem, and uh, it only surfaces when you look in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. No, it's all good. Well, Eric, thank you very much for having a quick chat to us, and no uh, good luck with the Giralang Colleen. Men's shed. Oh, we, we go and stroke. Good on you. Thanks, Derek. Thanks, Ballas. Bye. Hello, I'm Sean McAuliffe here, and you're listening to The Shed Wireless with John Paul Young. But you already know that, don't you? I mean, obviously, you've, you've already got this set up on Spotify. You've, you don't need me to tell you this. Take it away, John. Here's something for you at the men's shed. The next leg of the trip took us to Tongala in the state of Victoria, a special place in the history of shedding. At Tongala, we found Sharman Stone, former member for the seat of Murray, who filled us in with a chat about her involvement with the Tongala men's shed and the interesting story behind Tongala condensed milk. Now, Sharman, tell me a bit about the unique situation of uh, the Tongala men's shed. Well, John, as we stand in the sunshine at, we call it Tony. Tony, yes. Tony Aged Care. You look around, you see the beautiful gardens, for uh-huh. example. That's because this is a community not-for-profit run place. And it's got a history of volunteerism going right back to the 1920s when it began as a bush nursing hospital mm-hmm. here. In memory of the World War I uh, return soldiers, of course. And Tony being a tiny place, about 2,000 people. It does it itself. If Tony doesn't have its own local champions who raise the money, 
connect up the dots, then things don't happen in Tongala, as with other tiny towns. So back in about oh, 1996, 7, 8, the aged care home here had mostly women, all women's staff, but there were a few men, mostly mm-hmm. retired dairy farmers, but always been hands-on, had their tools, done their... Um, work with uh, their equipment, their tractors and so on, all by themselves. They were coming into the home and they were lonely. They didn't have things to do. Mm-hmm. So Dick McGowan, a marvellous local champion, a school teacher, the local school, he worked with Jean Courtney, the local Lions Club, other great local volunteers. And I said, let's do a men's shed. Let's make a shed like these guys have had all their lives mm-hmm. where they can have their tools use their skills, talk to one another, or just sit and smell the sawdust, Yep. smell the paint. So, 1998, I had the enormous privilege as a member for Murray to open this men's shed here in the grounds, the first in Australia, the first globally. It was a place where the women brought them afternoon tea, got the scones and the jam and the cream going. Yeah. Men could again um, feel useful. They fixed up toys, they made toys, they fixed up broken bits of furniture and so on or if they're beyond that they just enjoyed Mm. so now a global movement it is a marvelous thing there are men's shed reps from all over uh, this victorian region here today yep and there's a men's shed association Mm. so now what is there not to love about something which gives older people they happen to be men um something worthwhile to do mates to catch up with something to look forward to it just means that life in your senior years is all that much more enjoyable yes and and, and it's uh, it's especially important because once again we see women being the driving force <laughs> the behind men's sheds you know it, and uh, and this was like you said yeah. the first one to be called mm-hmm. a men's shed exactly you know i have many grandchildren and i already had quite a few when I became the member for Murray. I used to come to Tony Aged Care Centre specifically to buy the baby clothes that the women in this uh, aged care residence knitted so um, to perfection. (laughs) Beautiful little woolen jumpers and socks and uh, they'd crochet, they were making jams, all women's work, women's craft, women's Mm -hmm. culture. But soon after, after the men's shed, I could also buy toys, gorgeous little wooden, um, it's a little wooden train I bought yep. once, a little red thing, which is still cherished in my family amongst my grandchildren. Oh. And I've got 12 almost, 11 and a half grandchildren. <laughs> so it became um, the, the craft and skills of the commu- a rural community like Tongala, yep. a daring community, being passed on and being shared back into the community with with gifts that became real family heirlooms. Now, somewhere deep back in my memory, I mean, I'm a, a migrant myself. I came here when I was 11 years mm. old. But I remember, was there a sweetened condensed milk called Tongala? Absolutely. Now, John, oh. you are spot on. Do you know, I did my PhD into international food trade, Yep. right? Particularly, I went to Japan, Korea, New Zealand, Australia. And I particularly fastened on dairy exports. I was in Japan and I was talking about what products, dairy products in particular, they imported from Australia. And they said to me, oh, well, of course, 
there's this place in Australia called Tongala. You won't know it, they said to me. You won't know Tongala. But there's this place which produces the world's best condensed milk. And I said, really? And they said, yes, it is the secret ingredient for the world's best fudge and caramel. Wow. And I said, really? And what's so special about it? And they said, ah, it's the only condensed milk in the world which is made from real fresh milk and cream, oh. not reconstituted right. milk, you know, long life or powdered. Yep. And so as long as we uh, can, we'll get this world best condensed milk from this little place somewhere in Australia called Tongala. Oh, that's marvellous. I'm so glad that my memory was uh, absolutely you know, <laughs> was spot on. And next time you have fudge or caramel, which is exceptional, mm-hmm. it's probably made from Tongala condensed milk. Oh, Charvin Stone, thank you very, very much for that very informative little interview. And uh, I wish you all the best here. Thank it's, uh, you. It's a beautiful place. It's a great place. day to celebrate, isn't it? It is indeed. Thank you. Thank you. Did I mention that this leg was the first leg of a couple of long legs? Let the cabin fever begin. Charlton in Victoria was the next stop and I was entertained by Jeff Rogers, an ex-abattoir worker who assured me that he could still deal with a carcass in 15 minutes. That is, skin it and gut it and hang it. Amazing. So he was an ex-abattoir worker and a very much jack-of-all-trades. Jeff has a refreshingly avant-garde look at his life. Jeff, how are you doing and, and thanks for making the trip up here. I'm doing fine, Johnny. Much real good, actually, real good. So I thought I'd come up and see you, a legend in his own right. Back in the days and have a bit of a yak out here in the sunshine. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Now you've turned your hand to many, many things over oh, your life, yeah, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, give me, yeah. give me, a, give me a little idea. All uh, right, yep. Yeah. Oh, I've done a lot of things. I've done from I went up the territory there. I worked on stations up in the territory, bringing horses in and mucking around up there. And uh-huh. I've done a. Abattoirs. I used to work in the abattoirs when I was young down at Seaford and um, Dandenong and all the abattoirs around there and 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 that and done a lot of concreting up in the territory. Used to do all the causeways out on the roads and everything. Right. So yeah, I've turned my hand to just about everything and anything in life. So spray painting, mechanics, and yep. so yeah, I think that's what the world's lacking these days. Is the blokes getting out and doing a bit of hard yakker and shit. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And you tell me that. Uh, if, if you if you can't wipe your bum, you're out of here. Oh, if I can't wipe the day will come, I don't, don't wipe my ass. That's the end of me. Like I say, <laughs> big bag of hooter and a couple of bottles of rum and up the territory and go fishing. Bound to fall over sooner or later and the clocks, crocs will clean you up. So, yeah, that's the go. Yeah, not having anybody wipe my ass. So, yeah, I think that's old enough to live then. I would have had all my fun in life. So Yeah, and your, your son's got a, a good way of... Uh Completing, oh, completing yes. that uh, that task yes, over well, in Perth. He, well, yeah. he did say, come over to Perth, Dad, and he said, no, I'll look after you. He said, come the time, you got to wipe your ass. He said, I'll just bend you over out in the back block and hit, hit you with a gurney. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, all fun. And you're the uh, the health and safety I'm officer. I'm the health and safety officer at the Weatherburns Men's Shed, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, tell all the boys to... Behave himself and pay attention to what they're doing. And yep, they're full of old old people. They're bound to cut their finger off sooner or later. So, <laughs> you, know. you haven't had any? No, I haven't accidents. had any accidents. Oh, whatsoever. you're doing yeah. a good job. Yes, yeah, I give them yell at them every now and again. And uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good. All good down there. Fantastic, uh, fantastic. 
Yeah, and just thought I'd come up to uh, Charlton. Yep. And meet a uh, few of the blokes up here and you, you of course, and so it's all good. It's all worth it. So. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, thanks very much for having a quick chat with no Jeff. No worries, and, uh, Johnny. Not and a I problem, hope you, I hope you have every success down there at Wedderburn and, uh, yeah. and enjoy yourself. Lovely to meet you. Good Lovely on you. to meet thanks, you. Thanks, Jeff. See you, mate. Donald, where's your trousers? As Andy Stewart saying way back, but this is the town of Donald in Victoria, another Australian farming success story. Here's 97-year-old retired farmer Bob Baker with a slice of his experiences. Welcome to the, the Shed Wireless, Bob. Yeah, very great welcome to you all. Yeah. Now... They tell me you jumped out of an aeroplane when you were 90. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, and uh, created a, a, a record at the time was I had four generations oh. jump with me. Oh, how wonderful. My uh, son and daughter, my grandsons and granddaughters, and a great-granddaughter. Oh, that's great. And you have, uh, you have another ambition, don't you, Bob? Yeah, we'll jump out again. When I turn 90. 100. 100. <laughs> <laughs> now, you were born and bred here in Donald? That's correct. Yeah, I was uh, born in a local old Ivanhoe Hospital. Mm-hmm. Ivanhoe Hospital. Yeah. In uh, Wood Street, Donald. And uh, my eldest... Two eldest daughters were born there too. So, obviously, you've had a very long and uh, an involved life. What sort of things have you been doing, Bob? Well, I was a apprentice motor mechanic for five years. Mm -hmm. uh, did an engineering in Melbourne with uh, A.H. McDonald Engineers for four years. And I managed the... Uh, Holden dealership in here in Donald for another four years. <laughs> Shifted to Minya uh, Holden dealership for 16 years. Yep. Came back to Donald and uh, the Shire of Donald and uh, had 16 years as work superintendent for the Shire. How did you go? How did you get now? You would have been around about the age of uh, getting involved in, at wartime, wouldn't you? It was during the war when I was uh, I was uh, a apprentice moment mechanic. So you were you were an essential service, basically. Yep, yep. I was uh, when the war started. I was still at school. Oh, okay, yep. I left school in nineteen end of nineteen forty one. Took up a dealer uh, apprenticeship in fifty two. A uh, 42 and yep. uh, finished in 47. Wow. So that it must have been an interesting time. You've seen it a lot of It was very interesting because we couldn't buy, you couldn't get a lot of parts and we had to make do with a lot of work. Yep. Very lot of different sorts of work. You know. Uh, Did you have to make your own parts? Well, we had to make a lot of our own parts. Uh and everything was all done by hand. We never had the machinery they got today. Mm. A lot of uh, very ordinary machinery. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I remember the first when I first got involved. I was I was a sheet metal worker oh, in the early days, you know. And as I say to people, I was actually mm-hmm. a shit metal worker, Bob. <laughs> I wasn't that good at it. Uh, but I remember at school, you know, when they said metal work and they gave you a slab of steel, yeah. and they said file it flat. Well, I know. How hard was that? It was very hard because <laughs> when I was working with the engineering firm in Melbourne, I had to do that sort of work. Yeah. I did all the tools up. Yep. Um, just like sharpening a drill today, you've got machinery, you can put it in and it'll show you can sharpen it. Yeah. We had to do it all by hand on a grinder. That's right. Yeah, well, yeah. I, you um, know, when I was an apprentice, it was the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the machinery's come a long way since then. That's right. Yeah. Well, Bob, thank you very much for having a chat to me today. And this is the Shed Wireless. Yeah. And, uh, and we're out there, available on a podcast. So one of these days you're going to be there, Bob. Yep. <laughs> thank you very much. That's Bob Baker that's... here at Donald. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Well, by now, the AMSA chairman, Paul Sladden, is awarding points for those being ultra-nice to him in the fevered cabin. I don't recall getting any points. Marty Least and Stuart Torrance were the advanced crew wherever we went on the tour. Tintanara in the state of South Australia was our next meeting place, and Marty had a great chat to president of the Tintanara shed, the roundly named Tank. Righto, guys, we are here at the Tintanara Men's Shed, just just uh, west of the border uh, in South Australia. And I'm here with Tank, the president. Tank, just go by Tank, don't you? That's what. The, the president uh, of the Tintanara Men's Shed. Everybody yeah. calls me that, yes, mate. Yeah, yeah, and if you get a look at him, you'll, you'll see why. <laughs> He's a unit. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that so, so many times, too. <laughs> uh, so, Tank, thanks for having us here today, mate. This is fantastic. So, what a shed. What yeah, no, we're, we're very – and, you know, thanks for coming in and dropping in. We're very proud of what we've been able to do here and that, uh, uh, you know, it's a strong community. We we haven't got a great deal of numbers, but uh, unfortunately, like most men said, I suppose, the numbers are around for a while and then you lose a few for various reasons and, that, you know, we've been in that situation for the last couple of years. But from what I hear, you've got about 10% of the population of Tintanara that come to the shed. What's, is it about 200 the population or something? Uh, it, well, I don't know. They, they keep changing. And when they, sometimes the uh, census of the town, next time it's the surrounding areas. Yeah, so, yeah, probably a couple of hundred people. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe a few more. Yeah, so the shed is part of the railway here because you're just based next to the, the railway, the, the old railway, is it? Yeah, yeah well, the... the the uh, shed it was an old railway good shed uh, that um, one of our members had looked at and we had a look at it and thought, uh, you know, we'll try and negotiate with the railways uh, and through the council and, uh, yeah, we was able to to get the council to take it over on a lease basis and, uh, and that's where we started. It was uh, pretty dilapidated, run down. Uh, a lot of pigeons, they say you had a lot of pigeon pies in them as they are. But, uh, yeah, you can see what we've done to it now. Is and how long ago good. was that? It was 10 years ago. 10 so. years ago. And it looks like you've extended it fourfold. Like yeah. You've done some work. Yes, we have. And we're lucky, you know, we, we, we had, uh, some great fellas who put in some grants and, uh, and, and the amount of, tremendous amount of volunteer labor. Of course, you can't build these things now yeah. without the volunteer labor. But, you know, we were helpful. We were lucky to get, Grant from the council, from uh, the state government, and, and even the federal government one. Only small ones, but they all added together and we was able to put those extensions on. 
Unbelievable. Great job. Great job. So, so how did you get involved with the shed, T? Oh, well, I'm, I'm retired now. Um, you know, I was a publican for 30-odd years, so I enjoyed people's company. And uh, yeah, and when I was first talking about uh, starting a shed up, I, I came along and yeah, just evolved from there, really. So you, you were the inaugural president of no, the no, shed? No, no, I was not, no. I, uh, actually, I was on the council. I was a council member at the time, and I was sort of the council's representative on the, on the shed when we first started off. Yeah, and you're retired now, and you spend all your time in the shed. No, oh, mostly. I don't. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of Tuesdays I can't come because I've got council duties. But uh, other than that, you'll find me here. Yep. Yeah. yeah, bite off more than you can chew and chew like buggery. They say that's right. right? That's yeah. right, and it cool. takes a lot longer yeah. to do it now than it yeah. did years ago. <laughs> come on, come on. And you've got some great little initiatives ha- having having well, ha- happening here at the shed, don't you? The uh, the planter boxes you're making down the back. It's just. It's just something you guys have come up with, and it's just something out of absolutely nothing, and you know, and you're you're, you're making some great income for the shed. Yeah, well, it is. Uh, we bought a, a, mach- a machine that was uh, advertised in a, uh, a clearing sale as an ornamental, and uh, it's actually a galvanised iron roller, uh, and uh, you can ro- uh, curve the iron. So we started off making garden beds, and uh, you know, we've uh, sold them all over the place. Uh, we've Quite a few into Adelaide, you know, uh, Tail and Bend, uh, down to nearly to Mount Gambia, all over the place. So, you know, like brilliant. A, and we've got, you know, just orders just keep seem to keep coming in. Which Unbelievable, is word spreading. Do you, how do you advertise? How do you promote them? Just on Facebook or something? Or? No, we haven't done it. It's just, just word of mouth. have seen them, uh, word of mouth, yeah. And yeah, uh, right. with a gentleman in Murray Bridge, he bought a couple and then. Uh, about four of his mates, they all come down and bought yeah. them. So it's just word of mouth and people get seeing them, I think. Yeah. So what about some of the members here? What sort of – where are they from? Where Are they all from Tintinara or they come from far and wide or – Yeah, well, they're all you know. Tintinarians now. Uh, some have, uh, you know, been here for a long, long time. Yep. Uh, others uh, haven't been here for that long. But uh, yep. it's, uh, you know, like, like most men said, uh, there's not many young fellas around. No. <laughs> they're working yeah. uh, in, you know, towns like ours because there's virtually nil unemployment. Uh, and uh, it's just left to us old blokes to put along, and we enjoy it, you know. Like as yeah. as well as doing things and making things, it's a uh, company, and and uh, you know, for I've I'm only come here in 1986, so I haven't been around that long. But uh, not even a local yet, are you? Yeah, I know I'm a local, <laughs> but you, you get the old fellas talking around the smoko table about you know what happened 50, 60 years ago. Yeah. And it's it's really you know because our oldest member is ninety eight, yeah. and he's still as sharp as sharp as a knife. No yeah. worries about that. Is that Albie I met down there? No, that's Albie. He's a younger one. He's only about eighty seven. Oh, he's <laughs> a baby. Yeah, your baby. He's only a baby. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, and you know they remember things from years ago, years ago and what happened, and yeah. and, it, and it's it's amazing to you know to talk to some of the things. Yeah. Or about some of the things, no, that didn't happen, but it did happen. Yeah, you know? I bet it did too. Yeah. I bet it did. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So what do you like to put your hand to at the shed? Well, I've been trying to make some planter boxes, uh, yeah. as some uh, wood ones. Yeah. Uh, and we, we're pretty lucky with those. We've got a, uh, a little show here called the Heart of the Parks, which is in the old railway building. Uh, where the station was. And it's, uh, you know, locals uh, selling local yeah. Uh, goodies and so we put a few stuff in bit of stuff in there and that that, that sells too so yeah, great. it helps them out with uh, getting rid of uh, stuff and we pay commission to them and it helps us out 
Good stuff. Wow, great community. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. a great community. Yeah. Were you, so you were the publican here, were you? Or? Yes, I was. I come here uh, and bought the pub and was going to build it up and go, Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as you did back in those days. And, you know, after about three or four years, you build it up and get out. Well, I'm still here. I was, <laughs> I, when I retired, I sold out and still here. So. Yeah, wow. Well, yeah, and you're still on the council, so you're going to be you're planning to be here for a little while longer. Oh, you're yeah. feathering your nest here. Yeah, oh, I don't know if I've been on the council's <laughs> feathering your nest, mate. <laughs> Back talking about those those planter boxes too. So you guys actually won a national award from the Australian Menchard Association in the recycling program. The Tintinara is an ag- agricultural town on the main highway between Adelaide and Melbourne with an overall population of 250. There you go, 250 oh, people. Yeah. Now, yeah, I've, I've, educated, I've educated you now. But, yeah, you won an, you won an award from the Australian Menchard Association. That's right. And we're very proud of that, you know, because it's uh, all the iron is uh, galvanised iron that was probably made 40 years ago yeah. uh, because the galvanised iron, iron you buy nowadays, you can't bend. Oh, okay. And uh, this stuff bend, and, of course, it's... Being that old, it's proper, you know. Yeah. Like it's not run past the gal; it's proper galvanised iron, yeah. and that's how we started. And uh, this this ornamental, which turned out to be this bending machine, which the which the uh, member who bought it knew that, yeah. uh, is just been really good. And you know, to win a, a national award for recycling was that's amazing. Yeah, it just well, picked, it was pick the box. I mean, yeah. it's, you're yeah. just it's almost 100 percent recycling. There's a few nuts and bolts in there, but that's about it. Yeah, that's it. Everything's recycled. Even the machine that you're doing it with is is basically recycled. Yeah, that's you know? it. Incredible. So you put the motor on that thing. It's just yeah, absolutely yeah, we, incredible. We put a motor on it, uh, motor on it, because it just used yeah. to be um, hand driven on it. Yeah, think, no, 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 you don't want to do that. No. <laughs> As you get older, you get but, smarter. <laughs> but it's an absolute testament. It's a credit to you guys, but it's an absolute testament to the ingenuity of the men in the shed. You know, isn't it? It's just amazing. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is. Nothing. There's nothing that can't be done in the shed. Well, that's it's a, just a simple idea that's bringing a great income in, and it's doing the, You know, it's recycling too. So yeah, we're very close to making 400 of them now. We're wow, just a bit under 400. And you know, they. You know, we make them from three, four. I think four meter long is about. No, I think mine was five meter long. Was the biggest yeah. one. Uh, so you can, you know, five meters to whatever size you want, and a metre to 600 yeah. wide, uh, wow. you know, we can bend it and we uh, try to please all tastes. Good on you, mate. Good on you. Well, mate, it's been a pleasure coming here today and uh, as part of the, the Tour de Shed, for the, celebrating the 30 years of men's sheds in Australia. So, mate, thank you very much for having us and, um, look, we're going we're gonna to enjoy some tucker. It's our pleasure to have you. Thank you. Good on you, mate. Ta. We made our way to the mouth of the mighty Murray River, part of Australia's largest river system, to the Murray Lands Community Men's Shed. I was delighted to chat with ex-Mayor and President Barry Lobsch, and what a voice he has. What's your position here, Barry? I'm the treasurer. The treasurer. The noted finance man. The money man. (laughs) So tell me about the, the shed here, Barry. Well... At the risk of stepping over the other fellow who will talk to you, he, it, it started here in about 2011 when um, several fellows decided that it was time to do something about a men's shed. Mm-hmm. Um, there was an obvious need for it, and um, beyond that, um, they started putting plans together, of course, as you do. And uh, with that, plans developed. Um, uh, the council had a seeding fund of $35,000 to help things along. I was on council at the time. And believe it or not, the Auto Fest, you may have heard, um, was planning to be here, but the police stopped it. 
and there was an additional $56,000 sitting in the budget that wasn't being used. Oh, how lucky. So I convinced the rest of the councillors that that ought to be put together with the 35 and, and given to the men's shed as a, as a, as a starting uh, point for them. And uh, so that what that did, it, it provided the means of buying and building the shed and putting concrete on the floor and putting electricity and, and water in the space. So you started from scratch. Yeah, absolutely. Not, I mean, most of the sheds started, you know, from old disused buildings. No, this was a so new building. That's amazing. Yeah, and, and from that point, everything that you see in this shed, everything that, when, as far as the building is concerned, has been done by members. Mm. We've got, we've had cabinet makers, electricians, plumbers, you name it. it. It just, and they're talented people. Uh, our painter, who you'll hear shortly probably, um, is a master painter retired, and he is an absolute credit to the place. Mm. You know, his, his, his painting work, the intricacy of what he can do is just amazing, as well as being a, a painter decorator in, in normal life as he, before he retired. Is he a bit of an artist as well? Um, no. It would depend on what sort of an artist you talk about. <laughs> 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 well, I think most people in the sheds are those kind oh, yeah. of artists you're on well, about. Well, yes. let's put, putting that in some sort of context, uh, we have two morning teas here. Oh, okay. The, we actually officially open at 8 o'clock, but there are several of the fellows who actually turn up here at 6.30 in the morning Ooh. because they are single, they're, you know, they're older fellows, of course, and they've mm. got nothing to do. They wake up early, so guess what? They turn up. But they're not here by themselves. They can't be by themselves. No. So they decide that it's nice to have a cup of coffee at 8.30, which is fair enough. Mm -hmm. The rest of us sleep-ins mm -hmm. decide that we won't start till 8.30, so the second morning tea is at 10.30. Right. So we have two. Um, and, and it's what we say, the amount of rubbish that gets scraped off the ceiling after morning tea is amazing. <laughs> So what's your background before the uh, before, before the Lord this? Mayorship? Um, I worked my way up through Australia Post from a from a telegram boy right through to the to the top end of an area manager. Right. Um, my my area was about a third of South Australia, this third of the state mm -hmm. on a, on a longitudinal basis. Yep. Um, right through from Port Macdonald to to Paringa and Renmark up in the north of northern part of the states and out almost to Strathalbyn. So I had a, a lot of work to do and a lot of travelling to do and much time to put in. But again, uh, as a last going off, I decided that I'd done enough of that and the vacant position here in the post office became available as postal manager. So my last two years, I, I downgraded and took that job on and, and thoroughly enjoyed that too. So to, as, as a slowdown. Yes. <laughs> well, obviously... Uh You'd be uh, heavily involved in the community. Yes, Tell I have me been. About that. And, and and not only in 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 uh, uh, business, but I'm also a, a trained opera singer. Um, you are. <laughs> uh, oh, a classic classic singer. Well, you know, I've never I've never sung, even though I've, I've made my living out of uh, singing. I've never sung on the uh, on the on the shed wireless and. Uh, and I'd like you to, Barry. Oh, I'm not going to do. I, like I, just, a, just a little bit. Just give me a, give me a note. Okay, let, let me go then. Okay. Di Spagna sono la bella, 
Tregi natural della Tutti mi dicono stella, stella di vivo splendor. Di Spagna sono la bella, regina son dell'amore. Tutti mi dicono stella, stella di vivo splendor. Magnifico! <laughs> well done. But I, yeah, I have spent 46 years in a, in a male choir, as, both, uh -huh. as a soloist, duetist, you name it. That's so, great. So it's, it's been a, a pretty wonderful life. But this place here, this shed, is somewhere that I would rather not be anywhere else, if you know what I'm saying. And, you know, I, I hear that a lot. I just love the place. I'm passionate about it. And I, and I think uh, the fellows here react to that sort of passion. Um, and we've got several people like that in the place, you know, that, yeah. and most of the fellows, in fact, are passionate about what they do. Mm. Um, and, and the result of that is what we have here. Would you believe, and, I, and I, I'm not sure you when, when want to edit this out or not, but um, about two, three years ago, um, one of my friends, a real estate agent, and he said, what do you reckon the value of the shed is over there, including machinery and whatever? I said, oh, I wouldn't have a clue. He said, I've had a good look at it. He said, two and a half million would be close. Wow. Mm. And that's all been done by the members. But how much land do you have? Uh, not a lot. It's basically uh, so. It's the infrastructure that. Yeah, we we have, and a little bit of each side of it. We we, mm -hmm. we lease it from the council because it's showgrounds. Uh -huh. So, but uh, it, it's I honestly can't tell you exactly the dimensions, but mm -hmm. basically what we have is nearly what we've got. It's it's absolutely brilliant. And uh, what's what's the main uh, things that you put out? Community work. Yep. Um, we work for the council. Uh, they like to to support us as well. Mm -hmm. And what we also find is that our reputation is such that um, the quality of work that we do, and if you look around, you will see some of the quality yeah. out on the table and out here in the, and in the, in the shop. Um, um, some of the businesses are saying, look, sorry, that job that you want us to do, you know, from the, from the township, it's not really our bag. Uh, it's just a bit small for us and we don't have the time. Go and see the men's shed. Well, that's great. Isn't it great? Yeah, that really is yeah. good because, you know, you, you want to avoid that competition. Sure, and we don't over, we don't overstep their mark. Yeah. Um, Bunnings supports us really well. Yep. Um, and a lot of the businesses and towns are very much the same. They, they just look after us. That's, it's really fantastic, mm. Mary, you know, and especially that, uh, that piece of uh, little operetta that you, that you gave us. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm absolutely blown away. That was just yeah, wonderful. Coming from a singer. That's <laughs> no, it, it's, it's, it really is. It, it just shows the, the vast uh, array of people that yeah. get involved in this. Of course the it shares, does. You know, it does. And, and it's just great. Yeah, and I think when you look around and, and see the talent that most sheds have, much of us is 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 um, um, not used. We use as much of the talent that we've got here that we can. Yeah. Um, you know, the, somebody will come in with an idea, and you say, "Oh, I'm not sure about that." And they say, "Oh, but if we did this and this and this, you know," I said, "Oh, wow, let's do it." Okay. It's just like that. That's the way yeah. it is. So uh, we were fortunate, really, to get half a dozen second-hand computers from a local college for a mm -hmm. hundred bucks each. Two thousand dollar computers. Oh. You know, they said, would you like a couple? And we said, we can do it half a dozen. They said, 100 bucks each. 
and, and they're better than the one, the one I bought last year. <laughs> Three years old they are. They're better than the one I bought last year. I mean, so that's the sort of thing that happens to us. Yeah, that's great, man. Uh, it really is. A, I hope a, you can hear the passion that I have. I can. I can. I just, I just love it. I think yeah. it's a wonderful organisation, and a, and it's 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 a, it's really put it. Up there somewhere, it's an honour to belong to it, really. And my board, I'm on the board as well, mm-hmm. the, the national board, and and I think that's something that I'll treasure beyond when I'm no longer able to be on the board after the six year period. Um, it's just been an, an amazing journey. Well, Barry, you have a very strong voice. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how old you are, but it's uh, it's a very strong. <laughs> capable voice. Barry Lobsch, thank you so much for being part of the Shed Wireless. It's been my absolute pleasure. Thank you. The final leg of the Tour de Shed was fittingly in the South Australian town of Goolwa, the birthplace of everything that we now call the Men's Shed. Shedders from many different parts of Australia gathered for a big day out and I spoke with Western Australian AMSA board member Trevor Gorey. On your bike, Trev. How are you doing, Trevor? Very well, thanks, John. That's good. Tell me all about your shedding experience. Okay. Well, I unsuccessfully retired three times. Uh-huh. Uh, and finally, when I did, um, about uh, eight years ago, my wife, Alicia, said, Trevor, you're under my feet. Get out and join the local men's shed, which I did. Uh-huh. And uh, I uh, I just thoroughly enjoyed it. And I... I learnt a lot. I I learnt uh, how to do very fine woodwork mm-hmm. to the point where I uh, I saw a, a a choir group of um, three young, beautiful young uh, girls from Melbourne, and one of them played this harp. And I mm-hmm. saw the harp, fell in love with the the shape of it, and decided to make it. I downloaded the plans. So I made the first half, and a bloke in the shed said, "Could I, could I buy that? Because my wife wants it. As I want a present for my wife." Oh. And so I sold it. Then I finished up making six halves, oh. and they just the particularly it was an American design that I downloaded. Um, took it on a thumb drive to the local office works, and they printed it to exactly the right mm. size. Ah. Um, so I, uh, and using uh, Australian uh, eucalypt wood, it just gives them the most beautiful tone. Oh, that's marvellous. So uh, um, that obviously sounds like it's a long way from, uh, from what you did for the rest of your, your, your life. What yes. were you doing then? I was a chartered accountant. Oh. So, what? yeah. So you're not you're not not as boring as they say you are. Oh no, certainly not. <laughs> I was creative. <laughs> a creative accountant. And so then um, I, um, incidentally, I don't play the harp. Mm-hmm. Um, but my granddaughter, who lives in Holland, oh yeah, was uh, is learning the harp there, uh-huh. and she was here in Perth. Well, she was in Perth with us this time last year, and played my harp. And it was the most touching event oh, that I can think of. That is terrific. Beautiful. That's terrific. Now, you, you were telling me earlier that uh, you, you're a bike rider. I'm a bike rider, yeah. I'm still riding. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I, uh, I, I'm down to about 150 kilometres a week. Um, and I've, I'm not as quick as I used to be. But no, I, well, none I'm, of us are. I'm still, and the, the beauty of it is that it makes you watch your weight. Uh-huh. And, uh, but it's a, it's a good, and it's a good social event as well. Yeah. So, uh, and you, you live in the Fremantle area? I live in North Fremantle. Yes. Yep. Beautiful area. Uh, very quiet. And, but, uh, no, it's really good. And I, I've, the, what I've seen of the men's shed really, and the benefits of the men's shed really got me involved mm-hmm. to stand for some work with the, the, uh, the men's sheds of WA board. Mm-hmm. And then I got a, uh, elected as the president of that. And through that, uh, on the board of AMSA. Uh-huh. So, uh, so yeah. that's right. You're a board member. And how, um, how many sheds are there in the Perth area? Well, it, it, we've got about 50 in the Perth metropolitan area. Wow. But 180 in Western Australia, mm-hmm. from Kununurra down to Esperance. Wow. We've got about 7,000 blokes in sheds. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just booming over there, John. It's, uh, it's a wonderful movement. And the relevance of the sheds is that we actually provide... Uh, something for the blokes to do. Yeah. And it's a wonderful, uh, wonderful thing. And I've been involved in starting a few sheds. Uh-huh. And w- when I go in, I'd say to them, don't try to be too prescriptive about what the shed's going to do. Mm-hmm. Let the blokes make that decision for you. Yep. And so the one that I've got going at the showgrounds in Claremont, um, it, they've got, 12 different things, including beekeeping and fixing bikes for yep. uh, African kids. And it's just wonderful what the blokes are doing. Oh, that's great. It's it's another shedding success story. And uh, thanks yeah. very much for joining us today on the Shed Wireless, Trevor. Oh, thank you so much, John. Thank it's you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Well, what a journey that was. Some people weren't using their indicators correctly. Some people weren't even turning their indicators off. It was such a fun time in the car. It was such a pleasure to visit so many sheds and meet so many fantastic members of the men's shed community on our tour to shed. Truly, everyone has a story, and boy, I count myself lucky to be part of sharing them with you. Don't forget to share the podcast with your shedding mates. Give them a hand to follow along on Spotify if you can or send them to www.menshed.org forward slash the shed wireless. Until next time, folks, for the love of shedding, see you then. Skills you know, we're all having a go. There's a